You're listening to the Life Reborn Podcast with your host, Jacqueline Page. Join me as I share my journey of returning to my authentic self by shedding labels and stigmas that are prominent in today's society. It is my hope that through sharing my story, you find guidance and wisdom to live a more empowered and meaningful life. Thank you for tuning in today. It is such an honor to share this space with you. Hello, my radiant souls, and welcome back to the Life Reborn podcast. This is your host, Jacqueline Page. And if you're new here, welcome. If you've been along on the journey, thank you for supporting and being here. We're finally getting to the episode of my journey with food and the evolution of the relationship that I've cultivated with food and nourishing my body. And as I sat here and reflected on my journey with food, I realized that it really mirrored the journey of the compassion that I have for myself and seeing how when my dynamic with myself has evolved and shifted and healed, so too has my relationship with the food and what I choose to put in my body. And for me, it's not even just the foods that I eat, but seeing my body as a sacred vessel is is so important for me and being mindful of the things that I choose to consume and really sitting with the notion of, is this going to support me or is this going to hinder me? And I have been on a journey of trying to truly see my body as a sacred vessel from God and treating it as so. And sometimes it can feel a little isolating to be in such a state of that mindset because so much of what is around me does not mirror that yet. (laughs) I know that as I continue to up-level, I tend to be the change maker in my environment before my environment matches my new energy is what I've noticed. But okay, let's dive in. I think that my journey with food, I have to give a little bit of a backstory on my dynamic even growing up with food and almost my self-acceptance and where I was in that space and sharing how it has evolved over the years into adulthood. And I guess we can start, I don't know, sharing like growing up. I, I didn't have a childhood that really focused on a proper nutrition and, and listening to my body and how what the foods that I eat and how they're responding and how I felt. And I did grow up with a little bit of awareness of like not eating too much sugar so I don't get overweight was a message that was shared a lot. And this was reiterated to me because diabetes is very prominent 
within my family and family history. And so it wasn't an education of let's put things in our bodies that are going to be supportive and healthy, but it was like, don't eat so much that you don't get gain weight and like become big essentially. And this was the foundation that created my belief system around food, around the food that we eat. And it wasn't necessarily about creating like a healthy foundation. For me, that created a foundation of let's restrict so you don't get big, essentially. And that carried out into my young adulthood of of eating and my eating habits. And instead of eating foods that were going to be supportive of my body, that gave me nourishment, that gave me energy. I honestly didn't have any idea of what healthy eating was at this point. Um, I mean, we kind of grew up with fast food and junk food and um, yeah. And, And so when I became a teenager I really developed a very restrictive eating. I would kind of like binge eat, but then I would feel like I was getting big. So then I would restrict the calories that I was intaking. And even when I was restricting the calories, it's not like it was healthy food. It it wasn't even food that would probably bring nourishment to me. And this pattern kind of became my normal. And then, you know, entering college, the binge drinking, the late night eating, the fast food. So my body went through a lot of stress. It was probably in survival mode from the get-go. <laughs> I mean, if I I can see how even though I've been on a, an intuitive eating healthy journey for the past, you know, year two years, healing through food is a very slow process because from my experience and my personal story, I'm redoing and I guess undoing my whole life of eating habits. So I know it's going to take time. It's going to take a process. It's going to take my body trusting that these calories that these nutrients are here to stay and this like habit of eating is here to stay. Um, I say that because when I did transition, I did gain some weight, but I think it was like my body in survival mode. Like, oh my goodness, we need to hold on to all of these nutrients because we haven't been fed this way ever in our life. (laughs) And I guess we can just fast forward to when I chose to go down a path of eating a vegan lifestyle. But when I made that transition, it was making a big transition around my mindset around food. I transitioned to eating more whole foods, eating organic. I cut out fast food. I cut out a lot of processed foods that I knew weren't going to be supporting my body. And a lot of that came when, no, I guess that was before I decided to, um, go on the journey of pregnancy because I was already vegan then. So it was 
at first kind of like a health journey for me. But then when you go down the vegan rabbit hole, it became very much an ethical stance for me, a spiritual stance, um, an environmental stance. And I was feeding myself with knowledge that supported the vegan lifestyle. Which, to be honest, no matter what kind of lifestyle you choose to eat in or research or and anything in aspects, there's going to be research to support that. And I think that goes to show the kind of research that is out there. And I think that you have to do your due diligence and see who supported the research, what company supported the research, how was the research conducted, what were the parameters of this conclusion and looking at the history of how our of our evolution of eating relying heavily on seed oils that came from like a certain research article or experiment that was not very well conducted to gauge the overall population of like who we are as a human being in our collective. But I digress. So when I transitioned to the vegan lifestyle, I felt really good. And I think that I was misinterpreting this new sense of um, energy, of feeling good in my body, because I was also at the same time cutting out so much of the junk that I was feeding and I became more mindful of what I was putting in my body and that especially became you know important to me when I was deciding to begin to trying to conceive I wanted my body to be a pure vessel I wanted to be healthy I wanted to be able to nourish myself properly or at least what I thought was what my body was needing properly and um, as I was in my postpartum phase with W, it was darkness. And I'm not going to just attribute this to my food that I did have birth trauma. I had a lot of suppressed grief that I had never really processed until I gave birth and it just kind of all unraveled in this rite of passage that opened up these doors that I was needing to heal these things that I have not faced in my life. And so there were other factors, but I do feel in my heart that the way I was nourishing myself was contributing to that cycle of depression, of anxiety, of lack of sleep. I believe that it also attributed to William's health. He was waking up every 40 minutes for, I don't know, like two years of his life. And even when we were done nursing, he would still wake up frequently. And I think it was because his body wasn't getting the proper minerals and nutrients that he was needing to have like sound sleep to have I think there was he was sick a lot too and I think that all of this intertwined was playing a factor he was also a cesarean born through a cesarean a a belly birth and I think that that also attributed to it but 
In my postpartum phase, I really was in a very dark depression. And if you've been along this journey and I've heard my episodes from my first podcast, you, you heard of my journey of that. And it's interesting to even hear my voice and my energy in my first podcast because I was actually still in my vegan lifestyle versus how I am now. Um, how do I even describe this? In my first podcast, you could almost, and maybe that's because I'm a little more critical of myself, but you could hear almost the assertive, the stress, the mm, alert kind of energy that I was carrying versus now it feels to me like a, a slower pace. It feels... I want to say nourish because that's how I'm feeling in my body right now. But it's just interesting to even like hear one episode. And granted, I was in a very, I mean, I've grown so much spiritually, mentally, physically. So there's a lot of things that take into a factor myself in my first season versus now. But Looking back at my postpartum then versus my postpartum phase now, and because of the way I'm nourishing myself, I no longer live in that state of stress. So it's a lot easier for me to feel when I'm in that state of stress. Now that I've taken myself out, it's so interesting to um, see the things that I thought were normal. Like I would wake up nauseous even when I wasn't pregnant. And if I would brush my teeth first, I would be like, my mouth would start watering. I would feel like I'd want to throw up. And I think that was like a part of my hormone imbalance. And let's see what else. My hair was thinning. That's a big factor of health, the state of your hair and nails. Because if your body's in survival, it's going to let go and shed the things that are not vital to your survival. And hair is not a is not vital for your survival. It's extra on our body. And so that was a big indicator for me. And I noticed that when I first went vegan, I had a major like shedding process, but then there were vegan, I don't know, influencers that shared on their story of like, oh, this is you shedding all the toxins from your body and like you regrow it. But then whenever I was in my postpartum, I I feel like my hair loss never stopped. It my hair got very thin. It felt like my hair was everywhere. Um, what were other things that I noticed? I lost weight drastically. And now that I've learned more about ways that your body loses weight if you're losing weight rapidly your body is in a state of stress your body is not meant to lose weight rapidly it's not meant to just go on this quick quote-unquote fix and shed all of this all all of these all this weight my body was truly in survival I I personally believe I was malnourished and um for how thin I got for 
I thought I felt good, but looking back at now, my lifestyle, that I did not feel good. <laughs> um, those were the main things that I noticed. And so for me, I went from being vegan to then I went on this bean protocol. And as this bean protocol came into my awareness, I was already um, called to incorporate eggs back into my diet. I slowly started with Jeremy and W. They would eat eggs for breakfast on the weekends. And so I started in that. And then I happened to win an Instagram giveaway. Another side note is <laughs> I feel like as I up level, I'm giving these Instagram giveaways as like these gifts to the universe being like, this is going to support you in your evolution. Anyways, so I won this bean protocol and she even checked in with me and asked like if I were to be a recipient of this, would I consider incorporating meat back into my diet? And I had already been on that journey of accepting that. And it's interesting because Jeremy has always been my biggest mirror and he was like, you need to be eating meat. And he would even talk to me about how this was affecting William. I'm like, but he's getting what he needs from breast milk. Well, yes, my body was continuously making the breast milk he needed, but it was vastly undernourishing my body because of it. Um, and so I had already been on that journey of acceptance slowly my heart and um my mind were becoming to surrender to that thought and idea of reintegrating meat back into my diet and for me it was really a mental hurdle because of all that I had um what is the word I'm looking for all that I had grounded in in my beliefs about animal cruelty and so it was a lot of undoing that and accepting that my body was not thriving and if I wanted to be here on this earth with my child in the long run that I had to reevaluate how I was nourishing my body and so for me that started with incorporating chicken fish and turkey that's what I was okay with incorporating. But the bean protocol was another restrictive diet. And so if you look at my evolution of just restricting calories to going to vegan, it's still rest it's a restrictive diet in itself. And if you are listening to this and you are eating a vegan or a vegetarian lifestyle, I just ask that you receive whatever is meant for you to receive in this podcast. This is by no means my way of um, sharing how people should be eating. Everybody's on their own journey. I'm just expressing my personal journey of it all and what my body thrives on. But for me, I realized that I was going from one restrictive diet to another because the BEAM protocol restricted dairy and all sugars, fruits, natural sugars, processed sugars, all sugars, all caffeine, all alcohol. And it just... At first, I felt good on it also because I realized that I was reincorporating this animal protein that my body was needing. And so it's like I felt good in this transition, but then it became to be very cumbersome to try to keep up with eating that doesn't allow any sugar. 
And even on this, I was really struggling with yeast overgrowth. Um, that was another thing that was very prominent in my postpartum with W was that I would get thrush and yeast overgrowth constantly. And that was another just hurdle in itself, having to be mindful of using your towel only once and cleaning all the toys that he puts in his mouth and washing everything and sanitizing it. It was so much. But I noticed that my body was still not in a state of thriving and my body was asking for fruit. And so what would happen was I would binge on fruit because it was a lack for me. If you ever find yourself binge eating something, it's a sign from your body. It's a call from your body. Either you were restricting something, not maybe not even meaning to, maybe you were under eating and not even realizing it. And all of a sudden your body's like, I need you to catch up right now. And then it's like you binge eat. And so, but that's also not a healthy or sustainable way to eat. The sustainable way to eat is to truly listen to what your body's needing from the get-go, which is almost counterintuitive because when you're in that state of stress, you're not hungry. When I was in my postpartum in my deep, dark depression, I was not hungry and it was so hard for me to eat. I would have to force myself to eat food. And um, so if you're in that state, just be gentle on yourself because I know the hurdle it can feel like to overcome that like oh I'm supposed to listen to my body but I'm not hungry I think when we're constantly in that state of stress and in survival that's what our body knows and it's it's a journey coming out of that and so continuing back to my journey I started to incorporate the bean protocol and I found myself binging on fruits and even just sugar in general. And so then I would like go into a yeast overgrowth because of this imbalance that I was teetering with in my body and in my diet. And I just had to really reevaluate what I was doing and what felt good. And when I was pregnant with L, so you can see this like very long journey for me, (laughs) I was craving beef And I hadn't incorporated that back into my diet. And I, all I wanted was beef. I craved it like night and day. And I honored that. I honored that for myself and for my body. And I began incorporating beef back in. And it was still a slow journey because I was also craving dairy. And I wasn't there in my heart to incorporate dairy. And it wasn't until my postpartum phase where I was like, no, my body's asking for it. I'm going to honor it. And I surrendered my beliefs around my dairy consumption and I started consuming dairy. And that was a slow journey too. I didn't just go from not having dairy for years to like consuming it at every meal. I started slow with like butter and cheese and, um, I, I slowly reintegrated whole milk, but then I transitioned to raw milk and my body um, settled better with the raw milk when I incorporated that in. And so then I came, ac- I came upon the pro-metabolic food diet kind of lifestyle. And in this lifestyle, 
it really, it kind of also goes hand in hand with the Weston Price Foundation and just honestly going back to more of an ancestral way of eating. And in this way of eating, it's, it's about one for me honoring the whole animal, not just eating the muscle meat, but incorporating the bones to make bone broth, using, um, the collagen of the body, using the skin, like it became more of, okay, I am going to be eating meat, but how can I still have reverence and incorporate the whole animal? Let's go back to how my great grandmother was eating. Were they eating all of these processed foods? No, they were probably still homemaking a lot of the things like breads and soups and broths and spaghetti sauce and, you know, going back to that slower living. I think that our way of eating has transitioned to mirror our fast lifestyle and food isn't meant to be consumed in this fast way it's meant to be slow it's meant to be a dynamic of infusing your love when you cook and I know that that's easier said than done and it can um, be challenging to to accept that kind of insight if you're still living in a in a way that is fast paced, that it's eating on the go, that it's eating while I'm working or eating in the car on the way to work or eating quickly while I scroll on my phone or while I watch TV. It's, it's really, it's really a self-care and a mindfulness practice to, to slow down and to be mindful of the way we're eating. And it's still a journey for me, especially working in the school system. I mean, you're trained to eat your food <laughs> very quick manner. And so I realized that I'll look at the clock. I'm like, oh my gosh, 10 minutes went by and I've already finished my entire meal. So it really has been a process of deconditioning the cultural dynamics of what I have um, integrated in myself in around food, around meals, around eating, around cooking, but also what I grew up with and really my journey with accepting the food that I eat has become a self-acceptance and compassion and realizing that my body is so sacred and I want to honor her. I mean, she shows up for me every single day in a, you know, thriving the best way that she knows how the best that I could do is to honor her and allow her, um, the compassion and the worthiness to, to be properly nourished. And so in this pro pro metabolic lifestyle, they also break down the stigma of sugar being the culprit. Now, if you are eating a Dunkin' Donuts donut, that is not the same thing as like a homemade muffin that is going to have natural sugars in it. Our bodies do need sugar. We need that glucose for energy. We need fruits. We need, you know, the natural sugars, maple syrup, honey, raw sugar cane. They aren't a villain, but it's the way we consume them that doesn't support our bodies. If you honestly look at the bakery section of a grocery store and look at the label of the ingredients, it is 
atrocious, to be quite honest. It's not food. It's, it's not food. There you go. It's not food. A lot of what we are consuming is not food. The cereals, the, the instant meals that we put in the microwave, the, the fast paced fast foods, those are not like true food. (laughs) So as I divulge or die, as I decondition my beliefs around food, I also had to reevaluate what is food and what is not food. And not villainizing sugars or carbs that our bodies actually need. But it's important, it's important the way we are eating them, you know, incorporating a carb, a fat, and a protein together so that they can sustainably be synthesized and digested in our bodies to properly retrieve the minerals and the nutrients that our body is going to need for survival and nourishment and to prosper. So I kind of use the pro-metabolic lifestyle of eating as this like radical permission slip for myself to eat whatever the fuck I wanted. And okay, not whatever I wanted. It's not like I just went to go and eat fast food. It's not like that kind of permission. But all of a sudden we went from like not ever having like maple syrup and sugar to my husband being like, I just bought this. How did you go from never eating this to needing it again? Like, can we have some kind of balance here? And so I did gain weight. I noticed that I I think I weighed as much, if not more, when I was pregnant with Elle than like my postpartum currently. And it's been a slow journey of, okay, that's also not sustainable. I have to have balance in my exercise and my body has really been craving strength and stability. And so I've recently, this past week, actually just um, decided to go back to the gym after five years of not stepping into a gym and it felt so good to support my body in that way but for me I allow myself to pretty much eat what my body's craving but because I have almost gone through a detox of a lot of um fast foods and junk foods it's not like my body craves junk food but my body craves comfort foods Like, I'll crave a good burger and fries, but I'll make it at home with real food nutrients. I've gotten into making my own sourdough bread so that I'm properly making a bread that we're going to eat or allowing myself to have desserts that I make, like homemade brownies and apple crisps and I don't know, like not being afraid to add the sugars in. And honestly, I feel like my blood sugar is more stable than when I wasn't doing this. Because when I was pregnant with Elle, I was diagnosed with gestational diabetes. And what I've come to learn is that when your metabolism is off, it really puts hindrance on so many systems within your body. And blood sugar resistance and instability is... A, um, a factor of hormone imbalance, of metabolic, metabolic imbalances within your systems. 
And so for me, I was beginning to understand how this all plays out together. And so just to give yourself a little checklist, and this is not an all exhaustive list, but these were some of the things that I noticed from when I transitioned this way of eating of symptoms that were within my body that I thought that I began to normalize. For me, a big one was my urgency to pee. And this came before I was pregnant, but then afterwards I'm like, oh, I had a baby. This is normal. You leak when you sneeze or not making it to the bathroom right away or just I would literally revolve around like, is there a bathroom? Or if there's not, where can I make a bathroom in these stops that I'm having to make? And uh, there's a park by our house that we go to and there's no bathroom. And so I would literally sometimes dread going because I'm like, what happens if I have to pee? Like you're a little kid and I can take you around the tree and like that be okay. But I'm an adult that doesn't seem like it would be very appropriate for me to do that. So I noticed that my um, urgencies, I completely have gone away. Like I have full control over my bladder, which I know was a hormone imbalance, Um, painful periods, but also having anxiety during my ovulation that has majorly subsided to almost having no symptoms in my period. Like my cramping is so minimal that it almost just feels like this natural flow of my body rather than pain. And if I do feel pain, it's my body telling me that I didn't take it easy enough for what my body is experiencing right now. I'm shredding an entire lining of an organ. I need to slow down. I need to take it easy. I need to rest when I my body asks for it. And if I don't, then I'm going to feel that pain so that I'm forced to rest. What else did I notice? My ability to stay asleep, which has also been a journey because I'm bed sharing with Elle and she night nurses. And so I noticed that, okay, that's kind of hard to navigate. But the difference is with W, I had such a hard time sleeping even when he wasn't waking up. Like I couldn't even sleep when he was sleeping. Like My body just could not fall asleep. And now I'm able to fall asleep easier and I'm able to fall back asleep easier when Elle wakes up. And I notice that I go into a deeper sleep and I wake up feeling rested. So that was a huge, huge night and day difference for me once I started switching the way that I eat to be all encompassing and not be restrictive. And that also gave me permission slip to eat maybe the things that aren't considered like quote unquote healthy and not have judgment around it and know that my body is supported in other ways that it can handle this. Whereas before I would eat something, my body would not be able to handle it. I would go into stress. My stomach would hurt. I would have gas. I would have the runs. Like my body couldn't even handle that because I wasn't in a state of healthy and I'm still not fully in a state of healthy and it's going to be an ongoing transition for me. But I realized that because I've let go of the idea of restrictive, it has given me almost like a liberation that my body, that's because I'm supporting my body the way she's meant to be supported. It's 
I don't know, like this deeper sense of love that I've, that I've allowed myself to receive from myself. And with this transition, I've also educated myself on minerals that our bodies truly need to thrive. And just as a quick little snippet, like magnesium, proper sodium, potassium, iron, copper. And a lot of times we are diagnosed anemic and that we're not getting enough iron, but truly iron is the most abundant mineral on the earth in the earth's ground where our food is grown. It's it, there is an abundance of it, but if you don't have proper levels of copper, then your body can't synthesize that iron. And so then you're given prescriptions for iron pills or prenatal vitamins. Most of them have fortified iron or our cereals. A lot of our foods, our breads, our flowers have fortified iron. And so really we're having this iron toxicity when really we should be focusing on why is our body not synthesizing this iron? But I know that's like a lot to take in going into the dynamics of how everything is interconnected. And I'm not going to really get into that because that's not what this episode is about. It's just about my journey of going from restrictive diet to restrictive diet to restrictive diet to liberation that I'm allowed to eat the whole foods that the earth is providing. Whenever I was on that bean protocol and not eating the fruits, I started to think like God put these abundant, abundant, abundant plants on our earth. Why am I believing that it's hindering my body to eat something that is so readily available from the earth? (laughs) And, um, yeah, it's been, it's been a wild ride. And I think that a lot of what is normalized out there in our food culture, not just for women, but for moms specifically is, is it normalized? But first coffee, like how often do you see that? But first coffee is probably one of the worst things you can do for your body because one, if you're already undernourished and under like eating enough calories, then you're already in a state of stress. And then you have coffee on top of it. I'm not demonizing coffee, but it's, not sustainable to have that first thing in the morning to stress out your body more before you've properly nourished yourself or normalizing mothers eating their kids leftovers as their meal I've even seen moms like normalize eating off the floor that that's their meals or I get everyone else's foods ready that I don't have the energy to make my own no my kids eat what I eat There may be a little variation of our plates and the way we're eating it, but we're all eating the same thing. We eat together and we're going to nourish our bodies together. Before we go out and play, we're going to nourish ourselves. Before we go on this hike, we're going to nourish ourselves or we're going to make sure that there's nourishment with us so that we can stop and refuel ourselves when we're exporting this energy. And so for me, it's become a lifestyle that I am modeling for my children that yes I would love to go and do that but let's eat something first so that we have the energy to do that or 
just like modeling that I'm going to sit down as well and have this meal. And I'm going to sit down as well and have this snack together. And I'm not just going to give and give and give to all of you and not give to myself. It's it's modeling this act of self-care. It is self-care to take care of our bodies in this way. There was something else that I wanted to, that came up that I wanted to share. Oh, about all the different kinds of diets, about the intermittent fasting, the keto, the carnivore. One, a lot of these um, diets, the research was done on men and non-menstruating women, which is only a portion of the population. And they saw quick results with these populations. But another thing that isn't noted or maybe you don't know about these research um these the way that these research protocols were conducted is that they were short term they were done mostly not over a 24 month period and so these results that you see on going on these diets you might feel good at first you might feel good at first but it's not sustainable for a long period of time after a while that you've seen these quick results, your body is not really being supported in all that it needs. You might find that over time, the way I did, I became malnourished. That was my result of the long-term vegan for me. But you might find other things that are um, coming up for you and your body I mean, I feel like there is such a rise of endometriosis, PCOS, which are all diseases related to the menstruation. And so your period, your menstruation cycle, if you're a woman hearing this, is a vital sign for you. Ovulating is a vital sign for you. And so if these things are not properly working for you, you need to look at what's happening in your in your lifestyle, in your eating habits, in your stress management techniques, because just like blood pressure is a vital sign, your the way you have your menstruation cycle, if you are postpartum, breastfeeding is a vital sign, and if you're struggling with breastfeeding, that's another indicator that you need to look at and reevaluate what's happening around you, and. I, I think that these things are missed because of, you know, mainstream Western medicine of let's put a pill in and fix it, but you're not getting to the root of why these things are arising. Everything in the body is communication. Needing glasses is communication to you. Needing braces is communication. Having a tongue tie is communication. And I digress because all of those are like separate podcast episodes in themselves and that's not where this season is going, but I just encourage you to listen to your body. What is coming up for you? What are symptoms that you are experiencing that you have normalized for you that really may not be normal? Oh, another thing was I was cold all the time. I would literally have to keep sweaters in my car because every time I would go into a restaurant, I would be so cold. And that is an indicator that your body you should be able to sustain a body temperature of warmth when you're in these environments. Yeah, if it's 50 degrees outside, that's different. But when you're in a 
72 degree restaurant, you shouldn't feel cold. Um, that was another thing that I remembered that was something that I noticed a difference in my body after beginning this journey of nourishing myself. <clears throat> and so I've noticed that if I've really had a night where there was a lot of wake ups and not restful sleep, I'll wake up with that feeling of I can feel my stress hormones now. I know what they feel like versus I was always in that state. So I didn't understand what it felt like to not be in that state. Um, I mean, when I was working and in grad school and like doing counseling internship, I would be able to fall asleep on the dot. Like no matter where I was, I could fall asleep, but it's because my body was so fatigued that I could just pass out because then when summers came around and I wasn't in this over hyper drive, I had trouble sleeping. And so that was an indicator for me of like, oh, I'm not so overworked that I can't just pass out. Oh, this has been a lot. <laughs> and I just looked down at my time and it was like four, four, four. And it, the angels are speaking to me that I was meant to share this. I, I really do get cold feet on sharing about certain topics. And then it's like, I feel frightened releasing these podcast episodes out into the world. And then sometimes I even like, should I take it down? Should I take it down? Like maybe I shouldn't have that message out into the world, but no, this message is meant to share wisdom and medicine. And I just want to encourage you to find freedom by eating real foods and looking at your symptoms and your energy levels. And if you are um, a mother out there listening to this, I have noticed that I have more patience. I'm not always in a state of reactivity and irritability and on edge and snappy with my kids. And if I am, I'm like, I don't think I ate enough. Maybe I should go have a snack. Like the term hangry is there for a reason. It's because your body is in stress and it's, you're like in survival. So when that water glass falls off the counter and breaks or spills, it's like not the end of the world when you're in a state of balance and homeostasis. <sighs> so please give yourself grace and compassion no matter where you are in your journey with food, with um, your lifestyle, because we're, we're all, we're all growing and evolving. And um, I hope that sharing my experience gave a little bit of insight and wisdom for you. And I love you. And I appreciate you being here on this journey with me. And I'm thinking that this season is coming to a close soon. And I think the last episode or two will be with Jeremy a long time coming. <laughs> so if you're listening to this, I love you. We have to record our episode. <laughs> and as always, please share with me if these episodes resonate with you. I, I truly love hearing your feedback. It gives me the motivation and fuel to continue recording these. And so sending you with so much love and blessings on your journey.